Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Hey, Tom. Good morning. Um, I'm just coming off of an incredible night at the Garden. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, James Dolan gets uh, gets shit on a lot yeah. in, in the media by people. But what they did for my, my son's organization yesterday was incredible, like over the top. And they're doing it all the time, too. They have, I didn't realize, they, they have us alumni out at like 1,300 events a yearly, uh, doing clinics and all that kind of stuff. They had, it's always first class. I mean, there's a lot of work goes into that. Like our girl, Jackie DiPiazza. Like, yeah, this was um, Mike Sewell and Steve Rulio's team. Oh. And they had Dennis Jelsic running the um, the, pr- the scrimmage, and Brian Mullen was there oh, coaching, cool. too. Right. And we had 35 kids from the organization on the ice. Oh. It, it was it was incredible. And they just took care of us, like first class, the whole way. Then, they, you know, as we're there, they just keep adding things on. So the kids are having this 90-minute scrimmage and um, practice clinic. And then uh, they're like, okay, we need four kids. Two kids are going to sit on the bench in warm-ups, and two kids are going to ride the Zamboni. Oh, They gave oh. the kids jerseys. I mean, they took care of everything. Well, just being on the ice for the kids is really something that mascot guard, right? They're on, the, they're on the ice. And then, so a couple, three of the kids on the team went down and sat on the bench during warm-ups. Oh. So they have to wear their helmets, right? They have to wear their helmets, yeah. But the players come over, cry to come over and squirt them all with water bottles. Oh, nice. And then, uh, you know, they, uh, Blake Wheeler's counted up kids, gave them all a puck. It was just super cool. Yeah. Like, stuff, teams don't do that. You know, they, they all came over, fist bumped them, Fox and uh, yeah. Truba and Keandre cool. Miller. And then um, Mika came over to my to the kids and my son, and my son has long hair. He's And he's my son asked him a couple of questions. And he's like, I'm trying to grow my hair like you. And Zabanja sat there for like, Two minutes talking about his hair, and, they, yeah, cool. and they, someone put it up on Twitter. It was yeah. it was super cool. Yeah, the hockey players, I'm proud of that man. They do a lot. Of, like, oh. They're told to go over there, you know, but they still go over there by themselves. And, and the way they treat the kids is it was great. And then it, you know, the kids who rode the zamboni. Two other kids from the team were waiting um, for the hurricanes to come out to ride the zamboni. And like Brett Burns came over, and he was just talking to the one kid, and he's like, "Oh, he goes, my kid thinks I'm too old. I should be on the couch." And all the guys fist bumped the kids. <laughs> And our, our the Rampo Saints, our team, just had this incredible day and incredible experience. And it was all, and you know what? Garden's like, no, this is, we're doing this for you guys. Yeah. There's no cost to this. We just want to support hockey, yeah. youth hockey, which it was awesome. And Dolan's awesome for that. Yeah. Like, awesome. Yeah, he is. I think a lot of people like Mike Vasuli, Steve Rubilio, Jackie Piazza, a whole bunch of people that do a great job for that. Yeah. And they really do, they think about the kids of us. It's not just an event, show up to and say, okay, you're you're on, you're done. It's like that special event. Yeah. So, and the, the staff treated the kids like they and the coaches like they were special. Yeah. It was like you you guys, red carpet treatment, you guys walk out this way, you get dressed, the kids went on the ice. They they played, um, they had that 90 minute scrimmage and then they had a, 
uh, like a, I guess a five minute game after the first period, the fans are going nuts oh. on the jumbotron. Oh, and it, you know, it comes down and it, it, it oh, so they're playing when the fans are in the buildings. Oh yeah. As soon as the first period ends, they go right out there. They start skating two, you know, the two sides. And then, um, you know, there was no scoring. There's a lot of chances. But then like at the very end, my son gets a puck, comes on the wing. He had a 2 He usually passes. He didn't pass this time and he hits the post. Oh, and then like, all right, that's it guys. And the whole crowd's like, oh, <laughs> I probably 20 years ago, my two sons came with me. We had like a little alumni thing in between periods. It's a skills competition or something. And so they both came on the ice with me. And uh, she didn't skate before, you know, but you know, you're, you're down there and you see the big crowd oh, yeah. and how big it is. And uh, so my little guy, Cody, he got to the door and looked up and he froze at the door. I think he did. I said, Claude, you're fine. He was fine once he got out there. But you're just that whole view, like the big. Oh, it's, a, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's it, it's pretty incredible. And then one of the, one of the, the players for our team had to leave. And uh, so her and her father left. So we grabbed the one kid's little brother who was there, who was like four years old. And he's the cutest thing. And somehow he gets the puck. And now he's skating down and everyone goes crazy. Uh, and then he wipes out. Oh, <laughs> But it was it was cool. It was such a cool moment. That is how the crowd really gets into it too. Yeah, it really did. Think about those kids now waking up this morning. Go, Leo. We the parents and coaches were saying like, I wonder if they can appreciate how cool is how special of an yeah. event this is for them, and what a great deal by the Rangers. Like to give these kids this memory that they'll always have. You know, they'll always they'll always remember they, this. They, they are smart, man. They get out in the community all the time, and it's, it's great for them too. Like you know, it's obviously great for the kids and everybody to help. But it's a great job by Master Garden and the Rangers. Nick's do a lot of stuff the same way. Liberty. But having, having worked with a few teams now on things similar to this, th- there's nobody that yeah. touches the arena. I mean, nothing comes close. They are above and beyond every other team by a mile. Just a whole in arena experience too when you go to the game. It doesn't matter if it's a bad game or not. The whole experience. Not at all. Yeah. And, they do, and they do it right. And they, it was just so yeah. well done and so perfect for the kids and something they'll always remember. And just like the Rangers and they, the, the guys who work there said they do about 30 of these a year. Right. So that's 30 organizations they're bringing in. I think it was Phoenix when they were in their old building that they're in. And it was really weird going there because it's still a nice place. But after being in the garden, uh, then then going uh, then going to those buildings, it's almost like it's it's always totally yeah, different. Yeah, it's like second class. It's still like other nice people. It, it's the world world's most famous for a reason, and they they just do it so right. They get it right, and and you know what? And here's the thing that people don't realize too is that this this event for the kids, which was incredible, ninety minutes on the garden ice, then they get to go to the game. Then they're on the bench. Then they ride a zamboni. Then they give them jerseys. By the way, too, they give them Ranger jerseys oh. that they keep. Because all the kids are like, oh, do we give these back? And they're like, oh, no, you keep those. And you know what they were? It was free. That was a cost. Wow. And they do it for all these organizations. Incredible. Where did they have it changed? Like, there was a little back in there. By <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. where the elephants used to yeah, be. Yeah, at, at right. the circus. Yeah, that's cool. But it was cool. They set up a little, like, dressing yep. area with, yep. with curtains. And it was just super cool for the kids, man. They absolutely loved it. Thank you to the Rangers and Jim Dolan and, and Mike Fasulo and, and Steve Arulio and that whole team. And Dennis Jelson. They were just awesome. Yeah. Who's the other one? Dennis? Dennis. Dennis is one of their uh, instructors. You, and you've done some. I've probably done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him. And of course, Brian Mullen, who has said, oh, I'm going to come on the podcast and promise <laughs> again. <laughs> How many times has he said that? And I, oh, I did. Oh, there was also in between that, I, as season signal, I went to the, the event at Versa and we had your oh. friend at Ed Boxcar Hospital. Oh, there. He was there. He was there. And he said, say hello to Ledge. Uh, and it's funny. Edge. My son, Thomas, when I said, yeah, this is, this is my son, Thomas. And his, uh, you know, his, one of his, his favorite players, Tom Laidlaw. My Thomas goes, not my favorite player. <laughs> He's like one of. So just so everybody knows, I've said this, we've talked about this before, Ledge is my nickname for all guys that play with me earlier in my career, like first or second year. They had an article somebody wrote, I think it was a local paper, or maybe it was a paper up at Marquette, Michigan, where they wrote that I was a legend in my own time in Marquette, Michigan. So when the guys, the old guys saw that, they you got to jump all over this. So <laughs> it is weird, right? When people say the, the name uh, Ledge. Well, yeah, they were like, yeah. he's like, hey, say hello to Ledge. I'm like, oh, thanks. He goes, yeah, I gave you guys a lot of dirt. He goes, that's yeah. that great. So yeah. I've been talking to a lot of people about uh, our Full Change podcast, and uh 
People really like that part. Somebody was talking to me today, talking about uh, how Neil Smith was really interested in telling a lot of oh stories. Yeah. yeah. Stuff you didn't yeah. hear. Yeah. Like Eddie Hosmer told a story about Mike Keenan setting that whole brawl up. Yeah. Well, no one's, and he said it too. He's like, Keenan's just a dick. He's yeah. a dick. Everyone knows it. And Nick Fatigue was also there. Oh, Nick, he was. And I I said, hey, you got to come on. He just kind of waved me off like, ah. Oh, did he? He almost gave me like the, you know, I'm I'm an old guy and I don't I do not do this type of stuff. Wave. He's got to get his wife to set him up on it. Well, let's go, Nick. Let's get you back on the show. Let's hear those stories, man. Kids should know I that. I told you, we first started our Thursday show during the pandemic. It was Gresham and myself, uh, Dugay, Dave Maloney. And the first show we did, we had like 2,500 yeah. listeners. And they was like, okay, this is going to be big time. So we got the... Uh, no disrespect to these guys. We had Boomer Siasen and Kenny Albert come on after. And they were on so much that people would yeah. eat. It was no big deal. I think we had 800 or something. Then we had Nikki on. Like 10,000 10, people listened to that show. Our, 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 with this show, our best episodes are always episodes that have Rangers on. Yeah. They're just for yeah. whatever reason, yeah. obviously, it's a Ranger heavy audience, but they love people in the ring. You know, people who die laughing about Mick Dakota and uh, Richie Pilon. Oh, that was, that was a, that might have been our best episode. That was yeah. awesome. People, and he, and Mick Dakota went on Chicklets and did a crazy, yeah. great episode. You know, told oh. a lot of stories he told us, but oh. it was awesome. And he's such a, he's such a good guest and he's yeah. such a really good talk. Yeah. Brian Boucher was on Spitting Chicklets too. Boucher was I awesome. talked to Boucher the other day. I don't know if I should, he, he's got some more imitations that he does. Oh, let's friends. get him back on. Oh, I know. He, there's one he does that is just, Exactly. It's, it's a guy, though, it's a former player, and he's on broadcasting now. Okay. Um, so, but he's uh, one of those guys that's a little bit sensitive. Uh, so, Bush is, and it's not, it's not my buddy PK Subban, is it? No, it's not PK. Uh, but I tell you, if you hear Bush do it, you'd think you're talking to this guy when you, you, you see him. So, I'll be careful with the name. Okay. <sighs> of course you can say Yeah. So, it's Ray Ferrar. Oh, he does a Ferrar oh, impression, Chicken Parm. Oh, and it's just like him, too. I was dying laughing. He did somebody else too. He does a Joe, a Joe McLeady. Oh, really? Like Joe McLeady does not a, a, a well, but he, he does this thing. Uh, he can skate. He can shoot. He's got no. He's just, there's the shot. There's the skate. He does this. <laughs> it's not as much the voice. The voice sounds like him, but it's the mannerism. Yeah, gentle, sure. He says, "Ah, oh, God, I got him going." Like, and apparently, he just sits there and listens to him. And uh, can't do everybody. I said they're going to do a like, Donald Trump or something like that. Trump. Well, a lot of people do Trump. Yeah. Trump. You know who does the best Donald Trump? Well, this guy. Uh, what's it? What's his name? Shane Gillis. I think the comedian oh. does, but Jamie Foxx does an incredible Donald Trump. Oh. Look it up. Like he nails Trump, which is crazy. Just- you know who else is good? Like Boomer and Gio in the morning, like Boomer Sasson is. Yeah. Gio. Gio does a lot of good imitations. Does too. Yeah. There's this one guy, Eddie Scazzeri. It does all their. Uh, oh, he's the board op, right? Yeah. And he it. does all these in- inappropriate drops. Like he'll take uh, uh, recordings from years ago. Like if Boomer's on talking to a woman or something, he'll have this thing of nice jokes. Yeah. And yeah. like it's so inappropriate. That's why it's so funny. Uh, but uh, Geo does an imitation of him because he's got this kind of sophisticated voice. You know, I could even try to. You know, I'd like to be able to do that. That's a little skill to voice this. Yeah. You, yeah you, well, you think you can, but you, you don't really have many voices. <laughs> I've got one person in mind. You're exactly right. Yeah. A bad Chewbacca. Oh, it, when anyone wants to do a Tom Laidlaw, obviously he's very Canadian, but just use this phrase. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> you will hear that on this episode today. I promise you'll hear it at you least know, one. Even though you've told me that I say that, it's just an automatic thing, too. You know the other one? How about if I get somebody's name wrong? Oh, you just plot them. Yeah. I oh, just, we, we changed it. You changed your name? We changed it. Oh, which is pretty good. I saw you get Rob Brindamore wrong all the time. He was there last night, too. He, oh. he is. So as these Carolina Hurricanes are fist pumping the kids and talking to them and stopping, Brindamore is right to the device. Super intense, super yeah, serious. Yeah. But apparently everybody who's ever played for him loves yeah, the guy. Totally. Work ethic is incredible, yeah. But he was like, he was very focused, you know. And, and speaking of the game, it looks like Adam Fox got hurt last night. Yeah, he and, went and heel too, right? Didn't heel. Heel got hurt too. Yeah. And Fox went knee on knee with, uh, well, it was actually Aho's knee on Fox's knee. They were Truba was com- he had some comments. He was kind of ticked off about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He went after him, didn't he? Didn't he go after him? He, yeah, and he said that he was everything I do. I yeah. have to fight someone. Yeah. How come this guy doesn't have to? 
a lot. Yeah, he's good at that. Yeah, he's sick enough for his teammates. Like in his own way, right? He's smart about it. He waits. So true with a lot of things in the league going now, there's a big hit. Uh, the team uh, that got hit will very often have somebody come over and jump the guy that, right. that made the hit, which is, I thought it was for it, stupid. It's, you should wait, you know, talk to the yep. guy all during the game and say, listen, we're coming to get That's you. That's what you guys should yeah. do. Remember that expression? Did you get his number? Yeah. Like, well, you'd say the guy, got your number, got your number. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause now you're torturing him the whole game long. He's yep. waiting for it to come. Uh, no, but now, now it's this immediate thing, which and now they, usually they get a two minute, uh, instigator penalty yep. for it. Where Truba's smart. He'll see the big hit and I'm sure he says something to him, but he'll wait for maybe even the next game if it's playoff series and just run people. Yep, and I, I'm sure this is in, in everybody's minds now is the uh, the Adam Johnson incident in uh, in yeah. England. Now I I saw the replay. It, I hate to say, but it looks like he kicked him. Yeah, totally. And I think everybody that see at first it was just reports coming out that it was an accident, so they just assumed that's right. what it was. And it didn't look uh, like an accident. Ooh, man, the guy bring his foot up like that. I'm sure he didn't intend to kill him. Obviously, uh, I hope that. Was I'm it. sure he meant to kick him in the head or in the face, well, or yeah, the chest, chest or something. And I've seen players before if they get into a fight and they're really bad, maybe they'll step on the guy's groin or something like that. But like they go after a high like that. But there's blades on your skates. They're knives, you know, sharp knives. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that. Well, I guess they started. Uh, who wore it? Uh, T.J. Oshie put on a neck. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess what in the Western Hockey League they've got them wearing. Uh... I, I just don't. I. It's a no-brainer. The kids have to wear neck guards. Right. It's, it's a no-brainer. Is it a USA hockey rule? I thought it wasn't. I thought it was in the past, and then they kind of let that slide. I think so. All our kids do it, but I think, I, I think, mites don't have to. But I think when you, maybe sports or maybe even peewees have to wear right. have to wear neck guards. You know, I think I wish you would put. More, they probably will now put some more research into it. The only problem is like the kids get so uncomfortable, they start squashing it down. Right, they tape it. Right. So well, yeah, and I, and I think I don't think those shirts work. The the, the built-in neck yeah. guards, but. Most of our kids on the team wear the, um, you know, this the ones with the the velcro strap. But did you see Gretzky's take on, uh, yeah, on and, and on hitting in general too? Yeah, I know. You see, most of these guys aren't going to play in the NHL anyway. So what are we doing? And it's a great point. Like why, you know, I, I and I've had this conversation with people before too. It's like when why don't we not have hitting until if you're on an elite track or you're on a AAA track or whatever it is. Like yeah. you may be playing in college, maybe going somewhere. Put hitting in when you're when they're fourteen because they now it's they don't start hitting until they're fourteen okay. in the U.S. So here's and I hear you. Here's my counter. So they don't hit it all until they're 14. So they don't know how to hit. Right. They're all excited to hit. They don't know how to take a hit. Um, you know, guys are standing with their f- face like two feet away from the board. Sure. getting hit head first. I, I guess that's my only concern is now all of a sudden hit. And now guys are getting hurt because, and again, at that age, they're so excited. And the adrenaline's pumping. Yeah, but that's when they do stupid things too, though. Yeah. That's why I think if, if, if you are on a track, say like a AAA track or whatever it is, whatever you want to call it in Canada or here. Then maybe you, you say, okay, at 14, you guys start hitting. And if you're still on this A, B track, you know, you still, you don't hit. But then it's right. like, okay, now you got called up. You're getting better. You got to learn this part of the game. Right. But why, I, I'm not going against Wayne, forgot you for saying that, but uh, are, is there more of a rash of people getting hurt? Is that the why we're doing it? Or is, yeah. because we see this guy get his coat, you know, we're thinking overall safety. That overall safety, but also CTE. That's another issue. Like there's headshots, yeah. the, you know, dude, you, you know, you'd yeah. played in the pros. Obviously it's a different story. You had to do it. But like, now, if you're playing, if your destination is the beer league, why, why do you need to be hitting when you're, yeah. you know? Very well, that is true, because a lot of people have the misinterpretation uh, that you have to get hit in the head and get brain damage. And right. you don't, right? Because your brain's floating around in that, you know, the water inside your skull. So exactly. just the hitting whiplash effect. Exactly. And that's yeah. that's the, the, the cruiser bar. That's the thing that really, you know, gives you the yeah. long-term injuries. Yes. You know, I guess I'm an old school guy. That hitting is part of the game. But I, I remember coaching sometime. When I coached with John Tonelli, that U14 team, oh, was it five, six years ago now, uh, real high-level players. And, and there's a couple times guys are getting hit from behind on the boards and everything. Like, oh, there's no need for that at all. And you know, I I uh, I grew up playing roller hockey. Obviously, that's big a big roller guy, as we always say. But there's no hitting and roll. There's contact, lots of contact, right. but there's no checking. And it's still a great game, and it's fast. Yeah. And coaching the girls hockey, same thing. They can't body check, but they're right. they're rubbing people out. And 
Yeah. Well, you know, I speak with my brother who came up for the game last night. And he was saying that if you watch the World Juniors, they're not really hitting. Um, it's it's more just all skill, 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 skill. Yeah. So let's picture it then. Let's let's see. Do uh, you get to the National Hockey League? There's no hitting. There's some people are into that, like Ken Dryden, Eric Lindros, or people that they don't want hitting. What would the game look like with no hitting? They, they, like now, the hitting really like there were, before there was a purpose to the hitting. Sure, part of it was intimidation, but it was also angling people off. You know. Uh, so if they don't have it now, is it really going to make a difference in the game? Yes, it's going to look like the World Juniors. All skill, a lot of movement, a lot of speed. Is, there's a, there's a is that a bad thing? or Not at all. It's great. Look how fast these guys are. They're incredible now. Look, there's a quote from your friend Bobby Clark, and your sometimes sparring partner on contract stuff, but he uh, he said that it used to be that the objective was to separate the person from the puck. Right. And he said, now the person is a missile and the puck is irrelevant. So you're just trying to kill. And that was also a little bit back in like Lindros's time. Yeah. But think about it. If you, you know, you want to get the puck, that's the goal. You have to take somebody's head off. Yeah, totally. Like the way they play angle, like you could, uh, Condor Miller, that big guy with this good skeeter, like it's all angles now. Absolutely. People off the side. Well, look at the McAvoy hit. You know, that, that was. I missed that one. I didn't see it. Oh, man, he just, he just shoulder right in the head. He totally went for, it was, a, it was dirty. Right. So, okay. So we get rid of hockey, uh, hitting all together at hockey, pro level kids hockey. So. Yeah, because the game is such a skilled game now. I guess it really doesn't hurt the game at all. Now. It does it's it's so speed, and it's when it's played at a high level, it's yeah. it's beautiful, man. Okay, so the old guys like me are going to argue, oh, you're ruining the game. It's already not hitting. It's right. not the same game that was we well, played. The, the, and those uh, we'll call them dinosaurs are going to the same guys who are like, don't put a shield on you, pussy. Yeah. And now it's now the whole league wears a shield. Yeah, you know, you got to do that too. Remember, like even in old four oh five after the lockout, they changed a lot of the rules. They forced all the rules for hooking. It's like, oh god, this is going to be terrible. Right, players. Of course they did. And you go on like these, you know, you go on these um, social media boards and people are like, this game is BS now. They, are, they took it. They're all ballerina. Yeah. It's just like, stop, dude. Don't be, well, don't be that old guy. Here's a, a, an indicator for you. So when Gary Bettman first came in, I think the revenues were around $500 million. Right. Now they're what? Close to $6 billion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or at least certainly over. I, I thought it was $9 billion. Was no, it that high? It, it, yeah. It could be. But I mean, that's an indicator that this, the game is not, is more popular. Way more popular, yeah. I did remember way back Tortorella was coaching. They had the big brawl before the game started. Oh, yeah, the Rangers Devils. Yes. Yep. And a, a buddy of mine is a season ticket holder and anti-violence. He was saying that he was sitting in the stands when that happened. There was young girls crying and everything. They were scared of that. You know, yeah. that, so say something like that. What's the point? Yeah, you know? And yeah, guess, there was a point in, in the old days uh, that, you know, the, the intimidation was part of the game. Sure. It's, it's not a part of it. It's it's skill and, and yes, Truba. Come, people keep their head up when Truba's you know coming up yep. and coming to the zone. But the game is speed. Right. The game is skill. So okay, so Fox got hurt last night. Aho need him. Like the so end. he's attempting to hit Fox. Yeah, or Fox is t- attempting to jump him. Aho's leg was kind of straight. If you watched the, re- you saw it a few times, yeah. right? Yeah. But he still catches his knee, and Fox is now who knows what's going to happen with that. I guess so. Then would that have not happened if hitting was out of the game? Yes, you're not going to eliminate all that. That wasn't a hit. That was more collision than than a hit. And I'm talking about like full on blasting somebody. You know, you're going to have collisions. You're going to have contact. You're going to have people in front. You know, clearing the crease. You have to do that. But nobody's the cross check from your area is yeah. kind of gone now. It's totally for me to go do what I used to do. In front of that, I'd get a penalty every time I was like, Oh my god! Watch one of the games from the '80s. They're hacking, whacking, cross checking, beating the shit out of each other. Like all the things that I used to do to survive out there, they've out, they've outlined. Yeah. I can't see the puck <laughs> over the glass. No hooking, holding, no cross checking. Wait, you would just take the puck and dump it over the glass? Yeah, you try to make it look like you're trying to hit the glass, but the referee usually was like, you know, because you usually do it when you're just like in panic and you're on sure. phone, so you're trying to get it out. So and I, I had a debate with somebody, Chris Katsopoulos, who had an event in the place, and he mentioned that. Uh, he didn't like the rule because what other league has a uh, a rule where it only applies in one third of the ice? So oh, that's a good point. Right. Yeah, yeah. But then, they, well, and I told him, it's because you and I. Because that's that's why they made the rule. <laughs> Flipping the puck. Yeah, totally. And it was like, we well, didn't do it all the time. You had to be somewhat careful. But 
I mean, you couldn't make it look too obvious, but yeah, it was like referees. There's so much that I fall. I see stuff now too, where guys will fall on the ice and, and cover the puck up and the referee blows the whistle. They don't, they don't allow that anymore. No, no, that's, yeah. you, you do that a lot. Oh, totally, yeah. Delay a game. Oh, oh God. Well, but there was, that's the thing. There was the rule book back then. And then there's this other rule book. Right. Right. So we knew we couldn't hook and hold. Like hook and holding has always been, has always been sure. a, a penalty. But we would do it anyway. Oh, you got, I mean, look at the video of Gretzky. Gretzky getting hooked and oh, held yeah. the whole time. I mean, now, you know, that's why I say if he was playing, everyone says it's different errors. But if he's playing now without being hooked oh, and held like that, totally. yep. he put up 300. And, you know, he, he wasn't, he didn't succeed because of his speed either. He had some speed. He wasn't a terrible skier. But you look at Connor McDavid, and a lot, like he's a talent player all around, but his speed is so good. So Gretzky was still. Gretzky's know, vision was incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny thing is too when you're playing against him, especially not being in the same division, so don't see him that often. You're thinking he's lucky, then he, right? Then he keeps doing it like a thousand times. And that's the same thing with guys we talk about, like Rick Middleton, Brian Prop, yeah. the guys who just all of a sudden you're like, yeah. wow, he's got two goals, three assists this yeah. game. I didn't even notice yeah. it. Yeah. You, you know, it's curious. Here's a good question: You so you played with Gretzky for what two seasons, yeah. three seasons? Two seasons. Yeah. So and you didn't score many. Go- How many goals did you score with the Kings? Oh, not many. I went 120 games one time, but I scored <laughs> with the Kings. So it, yeah, I'm curious if you have any goals where Gretzky was the primary assist. Um, I'm sure we could look that up. Well, obviously, this is a famous one. I didn't score. Bernie never yeah, scored. But I mean, with uh, you scoring, with Gretzky setting you up. Geez, I don't think so. I can't recall. All right, we'll go dig that out because yeah. that'd be pretty cool. I remember one game we're playing in Edmonton. I can't remember. I think it was, might have been before the trade. And uh, I think we were killing penalty or something. I came down on my offside and turned and shot the puck and went right over Grant for his shoulder. And I was like, <laughs> like what? how did I do that? <laughs> did I do that? Do you have a look on your face in the video? <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell? Yeah, it got to be funny. Uh, Later in my career, too, because uh, my side wasn't goal scorer. Timmy Waters, who I played with all the time, we've had him on the show. Um, he wasn't goal scorer either. I, we had a game in Toronto, and somehow, I mean, on a two on one break or three on one break, and Luke Robotai passes me the puck. I, I shoot a one timer and score. Wow. And Timmy and I are both like, just fired up. Like, what, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Robotai, he was dying laughing because he was like, you know, our reaction. Exactly. Oh, good man. What a funny guy. What a smart man, too. Like, you know, a lot of times uh, foreign player, players go in and become presidents of teams, and it's really just a figurehead thing. Yep. Where they go golfing with the sponsors and everything, but Luke knows the numbers. Yeah, no, there's more guys now that are actually yeah. running teams yeah. like Sackett, Eiserman, yep. uh, yeah. Cam Neely. Like, this yeah. guy's getting there. You should put your ring in the hat. I don't know what I'm doing here. Hat in the ring. Sorry. Yeah. Ring in the hat. Yeah. Ring in the hat. Uh, I threw my wedding rings in the hat there. Because <laughs> there was wedding rings in the garbage, man. Whatever happened to those? What is that old thing like? Wait, did you buy a nice big fancy ring? Spend no, a lot of money. Just a nice ring. Yeah, because the real. I don't think like a real good woman would not really expect it and save the money. On we don't. We don't have. Yeah, I don't even wear it. We. There was. You know, Christine was fine with it. We. Yeah, we, it was totally. When I was on the Survivor, I was dating a girl. who was all nervous, uh, so she wanted to make sure that the, I had some kind of sign on me that I was taken. Did you? So she gave me like a rubber ring that I wore out there. Actually, I was doing an interview. One of the women asked me, "Too, are you married?" No, just a no. I'm just precaution. I'm just whipped. God. Well, here's the thing. She thought I was going to hook up with some women on Survivor. You're out there. Like, Did you? No. Goodness. Okay. Oh, stink. Everybody. Well, yeah, you're dirty and gross. Oh, honestly. Yeah, the thought of touching somebody else, you're having somebody touch me. Why? It, it takes you weeks to get all the dirt from underneath your fingers. Sure. And you're aqua dumping too. Aqua There's all dumping. that. So I wish they had a video of me aqua dumping. That would have been so funny. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Oh, no. Well, if you did it from a distance so you couldn't actually see the feces in the water. But like you said, it's chasing you down as you go back oh, to the top. And you, know, you, and you were trying to run in the water, like you'd slow motion <laughs> running. Man, I was dying laughing. Because it's one of those things I didn't expect either. You know, you don't, you're thinking of so many things you're going to show, but you think, well, how am I going to take a poop? You know what another player I was thinking about too? Uh, did we mention, somebody mentioned Jim McKenzie, one of our shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of his career, uh, he asked me to represent him. 
because uh, you don't know if you know was an agent. From- and then it's always these guys at the end of their career yeah. when they're desperate and there's yeah. nobody taking them on. Exactly. They go to Laid Law. Right. So um, I called up, uh, Dave Taylor was a GM in LA at the time. And uh, Dave and I sat right beside each other in the locker room. And uh, so we were buddies. And I said, it's like, I got Jim McKenzie. And he starts laughing. And he's, uh, I guess he was in the locker room someplace. He, somewhere he played with Jim McKenzie. And he didn't realize it. So Dave is bending over two and up his skates. Jim McKenzie's walking by with no clothes on. He just got that. Okay. And apparently he has the largest penis in the history of the National Army. Oh, well, there you go. And so I called Dave and he starts giggling laughing like a little kid. <laughs> so I had to call Jim up after. I says, is it really that big? Yeah. People talk about it a lot. Like, I guess he would go to stories people. Well, there you go. And, uh, and with that, I hope they enjoy this next episode. When Jim McKenzie goes on, you can ask him. All right. We'll discuss it for sure. We've got to get him on. All right. Oh, that's it. That's a perfect lead in for our next guest, your oh. former teammate. Guy who played a thousand games in the NHL, left shooting defenseman. Today we're going to have Grant Ledyard on the show. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Well, what is happening? (laughs) well i I thought it was just a simple phone call and you know my wife and i are looking at this if she wasn't here then there's no way i was getting on (laughs) there's a lot of guys like that don't be worried how you doing how are you i'm fine thank you good looking good looking seven trip there aren't you oh yeah i lost a bunch of weight oh (laughs) a purpose or not that i was ever not that i was ever is that okay how's that real good you're good this is more, it's more the audio. We do take some video clips, but it's more audio where we're about. So, yeah. Uh, during COVID, I it slipped into my lungs a little bit. So I had to uh, uh, go on a keto diet to get rid of it. Oh, wow. And Lisa helped me a lot with that. And so I guess what it was about, I don't know, 28 pounds. And then I put her a little bit back on. So that's wow. Wow. Um, Lisa, is this your, is that your first wife? My, my first wife. Yeah. No, that is my Jeez. first and only wife. Oh, yeah, you're one of the rare guys. Most hockey players had like two or three of those. Well, you were smart, right? You stopped at one, didn't you? No. I tried the second time. I tried to screw up again the second time. Well, no, there's no smart, no smart at all with yeah. Tom with that history. Which which uh, with Piper was with- Piper? Yeah, that was the first one. Piper's yeah. first one. Tony was the second. She was a total sweetheart. I'd had a, I'd had a vasectomy after my two sons, and uh, she was younger and had no children, so 
I, she remembered uh, partway through our marriage, she decided she wanted kids. I said, well, that's just happening. <laughs> and then she had a kid. And then she had a kid on her own. Yeah. Who I helped raise. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. Smart stuff. Smart stuff. Yes, it is. All right. So we're going to get going here. So uh, again, we're going to talk about, we'll, we'll talk you and I would talk about the old days, uh, your career. I didn't realize you got a thousand games in. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So the stickiest farts in the history of the Knacks are hockey league right here. What? He what? he fart he farted on his hand one time and put his hand under my nose and I just about gagged. Do you remember doing that to me? Yes. <laughs> the stink bomb. I'm not. I at 61 years old, that might not be my proudest moment. But damn, when we're sitting on an airplane and you're hungover, you'll do anything for a lot. Oh god! I tell you what, Grant. It's funny to say that because you know I'm 65, you're 61. We we get the guys on and we tell uh, Dave Soak was on and we were crying, laughing, telling some of the stupid stories. I mean, it's one of those things you have to say to yourself. Did that really happen? Like, oh my goodness! Yeah, confirmation. So Grant gave me this thing palm. Oh, and nasty too. It was actually very funny because I'm thinking, how did he get the smell on his finger and then get it to my nose? Like, wow. <laughs> You know what George McPhee used to do? He used to lick his finger and go right underneath your nose <laughs> when you're sleeping, and you'd be all mad and everything. Usually you get the wet nudie, you know. Oh, he'd go right under the nose. Isn't it funny to think they were adults playing National Hockey League and some of the stupid kid things we did out there? Oh, what's funny thinking we looked up to you guys all the time, watching all your games and you know, trying to get autographs, and this is what you're doing. You should have known better. So you're at Buffalo now, right? Yes. Is that what you said? You were doing a lot of coaching there for a while, weren't you? The kids and everything? Yes, we... Uh, we did a little bit of uh, started at Canisius College a bunch of years ago. I was an assistant uh, assistant volunteer there, and then I took uh, the Junior Sabers program, uh, built that up a bit, and then I was at Amherst uh, doing uh, player development about eight years with them. And uh, at the same time, I was coach at UB for four years. I got to coach my uh, middle boy for three years, which was great. And he's a pretty good player too, right? Very good, very good. Yeah, and Jacob, uh, my oldest, uh, I got a chance to coach him for a couple of years at the Junior Savers. The only one that slipped through the cracks a tiny bit was Tiger. I got him uh, for just a short time uh, when he was about eighteen, I think. Oh, cool. So you got three boys, three boys. Jacob is thirty-one. Uh, Ryle is the twenty-nine, and Tiger is twenty-eight. Okay. And your and your first and only wife, Love you, Elizabeth, goes by Lisa. Lisa, had I met Lisa before? Was, have I met her before? Um, Tom, yeah, I think we were going through an airport or something. We saw you one time. Okay. Good. Yeah. You, you yeah. didn't give him the stink I'll finger back. Him. You're okay. Don't worry. You, you don't give her the stink finger, do you? <laughs> no. No, I've grown up now. Don't, ask her. Don't. Ask her. I've grown up. Yeah. My, Brent, is your son actually named Tiger? That's his birth name? His, uh, his name is Taggart, T-A-G-G-A-R-T. And uh, when he was born, Jacob was just less than, uh, right at three years old. And he couldn't say Taggart, so he just kept saying Tiger. Tiger, Tiger. Okay. great name. And then, That's you know what? We were very good friends with Tiger Williams, and that seemed to uh, that seemed to uh, be an influence as well. So Tiger Step, uh, that stuck, and uh, Tiger Williams was very happy that uh, he was yeah, named Tiger. Very cool. Tiger Williams, he's an amazing man. Remember when we first got to L.A. and when Bob Board and I went over to his place for uh, pregame meal, and uh, he got the computer going and everything, like the ticker tape and all. I'm thinking, this is Tiger Williams. He's smart. Oh, he was, business-wise, he was wicked yeah. smart. Yeah. We'd go over to his house and just sit on the deck, and he would tell stories about when he would go hunting. Right. And he would. So he said he read a map for tweaks, and then he threw the map away and had the plane or helicopter drop him into a certain area, and then told him to come back seven days later. If he wasn't there, then come back another seven days later. Wow. 
Sure. That's for real too. How about were you there at the time we Bobby Carpenter got traded, and we came on a road trip back to Washington where Bobby had played, and there was some fan during the warmups that was yelling at Bobby Carpenter all the time, and Tiger went and got a whole bunch of pucks from warmups, started firing with this guy's head. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, I'm skating around like the center ice there, and Pete Peters was a goalie for Washington, and he, he I wasn't watching Tiger at the time, but he says to me, Tommy, what is going on? We look over, there's Tiger. He's up on the glass, and he's got the, the I don't know how he did it, but he made like a bucket with his jersey. And, and he was he's wearing pucks at him. Yeah, yeah, and he was, he was cool. He waited for all of us to get back in the locker room. This shows how calculating he was. He's waited for everybody to get back in the locker room, and he says, nobody does that to one of my teammates. It's like he was doing it on purpose. Awesome. He wasn't just getting yeah. So what do you guys think when he's doing that celly when he's skating down the, the stick? Uh, well, it's all he knew what he was doing. He's all he's a branding expert. Like he wanted to build. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. He brought his uh, bow and arrow to the dressing room one day in, in L.A. Here, <laughs> Culver City, and he sits. He's pulling it back like this. He's showing everybody. Right? He puts an arrow in there, and he goes. And, and there's these big round vents that run up along the yep. wall. And he goes, boom, and he sinks one right into it, and it disappears. <laughs> We're like, whoa. Pulled another one back, boom, and it hits this metal great uh, tube and bounces off and comes back twice as fast and goes right in the wall beside Jay Wells' head. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, looks at him, and we're looking around, and everyone's kind of stunned. Yeah. And Tiger's like, "Hey, make sure you give me back that arrow, will you?" <laughs> what was it? And he walked out, and we were just freaked out. Wow, that'd be would all kinds of fun. Yeah, yeah, he would. That would be a good scrap, though, him and uh, Jay Wells. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Jay was a tough dude, man. Oh, worst thing he'd ever do, he's one of those guys, the worst thing you do is beat him in a fight because he comes back and then just wants to like, kill you. Yes, yeah, hands grew in size the matter he got. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he he was a he was a violent fighter, right? It oh. was all right away in the first 10, 15 seconds. He wanted it done. We were uh, we were out on the East Coast driving. I think we were almost parked Hartford to Boston or something like that. We were on the bus. And the guys are all hung over. And of course, I'm just being an absolute smart ass. No surprise. Yeah. He got mad at me. He says, shut, shut the F up. I'm like, serious. He was mad. Oh, really? Yeah, we had to go for practice after that. Once we got there, I'm thinking, oh, God, he's going to kill me. So where were you born and raised? I was uh, a Winnipeg kid. You and James yeah. Patrick? Yeah, Jeep. Yeah, we lived together uh, that first year in with the Ragers. And uh, I just saw Jeep a couple weeks ago. He was yeah. in town here for uh, RJ's funeral and uh, something else, Oh, Rick, Rick Jenneret. Oh, Rick yeah. oh, yeah, Rick Jenneret passed. So it was great to see Jeep. He's uh, pretty excited about his uh, upcoming season with the, the Winnipeg Ice, I guess. Well, uh, oh, that uh, he was. That, oh, yeah, no, that's was. right. They sold. They sold yeah. and they went. That's when it was. Yeah. I forgot that. But, yeah. but you know what? It was actually, I think, a great thing for him because he got to realize how much people respected his coaching because everybody, a lot of, I should say everybody, a lot of people contacted him and wanted him to coach this year. So so he's taking a year off. So it was, I think it worked out all right for him. So really good. Uh, that's what it was. He took a year off. Yeah. Okay. Right. And you played junior hockey, correct? Uh, yeah, I played a couple of years of provincial junior with, uh, in Manitoba with the uh, Fort Gary blues at 18 and 20. And, uh, I was one of those rare cases where I snuck in as a 19 year old to the Western league. Oh. Yeah. I got sent there and, uh, I don't know if I it was a whim or whatever, but I ended up playing, uh, that whole seat played every game. And I lived with, uh, Randy Gillen who played with Pittsburgh yeah. and Winnipeg. Yeah. And Bruce Eakin, who was a, uh, uh, he got to play in Calgary for quite a while. Right. And um, so those two Winnipeg guys, we all lived together and had a ball, you know. And where was that? What junior team? Saskatoon. Oh, okay. Nice town. That's nice. Yeah. Trees and nuts off the steel bridge. Yep. Oh, man. I remember I got the Asian business and started going out to Western Canada. Had to plug the car in at the hotel and everything. Oh, 
Well, yeah. cool. I didn't plug my car in one day. I didn't start for two weeks. Was, oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. that's just from cold? Yeah. So yeah, I didn't realize this. I flew out there. Uh, they rented the car and they handed you the uh, extension cord. What else is this for? They'll be plugging for a heater. Like, what do you? They at the hotels they have like a long strip with outlets. Uh, you plug it in, and so the electricity just goes in there and keeps it warm. Oh wow! And when you go to the games, you lock the car, but you keep the car going. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, it's cold. Well, guys, yeah, Winnipeg. Yeah. Tim Timmy Waters had played in Winnipeg. Told me that they'd get up in the morning and the bottom half of the tire would still be flat, frozen. So you're driving along and you cook, 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 cook. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, it takes a couple minutes before for that to go yeah. away. Yeah. I think we averaged with Winnipeg last year, averaged something like 33 days with uh, minus 40. So, wow. Buffalo kicking is worse than that. Yeah. Buffalo's got the snow too. Snow. Well, yeah, we had, uh, with the last couple of years, we, we got bombarded last year. We're, we're looking forward to a mild one this year, which means we'll have twice yeah. as much snow yeah. last year. There. Now, are you a football fan or anything? You go to football games here in Buffalo? Uh, I don't go to the games. We're, we're big fans. Uh, we love to watch and yeah. uh, pay attention and, uh, you know, with the, too hot with the hockey team and the football yeah. tied together. It's a pretty interesting uh, dynamic. Yeah. And uh, so were you drafted, but you drafted by the Rangers. Uh, no, I snuck in as a free agent. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. I remember uh, that year, Scotty Kleinendorf came in and yeah. uh, I yeah. signed was 82. I signed yeah. Danny Summers signed me and we came in. Danny Summers. Remember, you Danny remember Summers Scotty Kleinendorf. You remember we went to that uh, party downtown at Bubba's place. And he just got that BMW. Oh, oh my God! What happened? Well, stolen right outside Bubba's building. Oh, oh, it did. Oh, oh. yeah, I forgot that brand oh. new white convertible BMW. And and the next day, JD uh, uh, walked through the dressing room with a uh, one of those golf hats with a ball on top, yeah. and he was naked, and he had a club in his hand. And he goes, "Anybody seen a Titleist three or a BMW?" <laughs> <laughs> I, we had Mike Allison on the other day. Remember? Oh my oh. goodness! Oh, funny. I was t- we were telling a story about me thinking I was Mr. New Northern Michigan walking around with the tube sock on my uh, on my face. <laughs> the stuff we did, like what were we thinking about back then? I guess it was different times too, right? Oh, oh man, man. I, you, you guys, the first day you invited me to the pub. <laughs> um, my goodness, oh, I'm gosh. a fresh. I'm green. I'm. I mean, I'm fresh out of Winnipeg, and you yeah. guys said, "Yeah, you would." I think I was there with maybe George or somebody else. A couple guys that you liked that made it from the right. rookie camp to the big camp. Right. And you sat us at the end of the bar at the pub. And then off went Nikki for sandwich meat. And Ron had the bread. And all of a sudden, you guys are making sandwiches. And you throw a sandwich down at us. And then there's a stack of coasters like this. That we, every time someone bought you a drink, you have a stack like this high. Oh, God, yeah. You, you could get it. Oh. We're done. Oh, oh, God, no. You don't leave. You don't leave until you can pick it. We get out of there sometimes. Like guys would try to sneak out the door. Uh, you know, it's just one of the small little dinky places. You know, wasn't didn't have any food at all, and all it was was drinking place. Right? We'd get behind a bar. Or we're we're bartending the whole bit. Oh God! So you just you had to sneak out of there. One yeah. time, one time I tried to sneak out of there. You could go out the back door, but there's it's you couldn't go anywhere. It was just like a small aisleway or whatever. So, but there's a ladder going up onto the roof. You didn't. So went up on the roof. Oh boy! And tried. I was going to go down the ladder out front. To Wait, this is you drunk. drunk. Pretty well, yeah. Ebrid, yeah. And uh, so it's like one in the morning, there's a cop sitting there. So now I I can't go down the ladder. And so I lay down, figure I'll just lay here until the cop leaves. I fell asleep, woke up in the morning, I'm on the roof. <laughs> oh, oh, God. That, and kids listening, these are your hockey heroes from the 80s well, and 90s. Not, right here. Not, yeah. yeah. You might have to edit that, Tom. Oh, no, that's staying in. Oh, it's staying in. So, and then we had a big pitcher window out front, too. So at the end of the year, we would all meet as mandatory. We would go back to the pub and just 
drink all night long, right into the morning. Mark Pavley's one year passed out in this pitch window. The kids are walking to school, walking past there, and there's, there's Mark Pavley. <laughs> but I guess everybody around here knew you, and the cops knew you, and they got Well, but the cops, no, no, they, they knew us, but they, they had to enforce it because they like, look at these assholes, like, again. Well, when they were not on duty, they were our buddies, but when they're on duty, they had to do what they had to do. Right. So, yeah. So, no, they, I don't think we got any breaks with the cops. All right, so then you come in as a free agent. Um, did you? Yeah. Is that the first year you came in and played right away, right? Oh no, no. Uh, they, uh, I made it all the way through camp, and then uh, they sent me to uh, where did we go the first year? Tulsa, oh, Tulsa, wow. Oklahoma. That's right. That's right. And you were with George down there, right? You and George were down there. George uh, and uh, Steve Richmond, Van Beesbrook, uh, Ronnie Scott. Oh man, goodness, we had a bunch of us down there. Steve Richmond, what a good. We had a good bunch of guys there too. Oh, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so you came up, so 82, you turned pro. Yeah. And how many years you play in Tulsa? Uh, two years. And then part of that uh, third year with the New Haven under Nick. And then somebody hurt their uh, spleen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. You just unfortunately got hurt and I got called up the next night. So I was, uh, 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 I was responsible for getting you to the National Hockey League, basically. I said, yeah, I didn't want to admit. I, I didn't want to admit that right away. But yeah. Yes, I always so generous man. You're such a generous guy. I do things. I do. Yeah. Wow. Scotty Kleindos. I remember when that Scotty Kleindos was at the team. Uh, must have been he just called up, and I got Bob Nystrom railed me and knocked me out, put me in the hospital for the night. So they they took my jeep. Uh, those guys they didn't have a car. It was Scotty and somebody else. Wait a minute, you? Was it you? Can't remember. Maybe. And uh, so I got out of the uh, hospital, came to the rink. And I was going to get my Jeep. The sky was mad because he couldn't get to drive the Jeep anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he wasn't really, was really bad. It's, you know, it's mentioned sad, right? Plus, we lost Scotty kind of the north. He got killed in a, what's going on, a construction accident or something? Or, you know, I, I didn't remember that. Now yeah. He yeah. yeah. did four, years. along those lines, right? Yeah. I think he got squashed by a tractor or something like that. I think it went on for, he finally passed away like four or five days after. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah so Scotty Kleinendorf, uh, Willie Huber we lost. There's somebody else you mentioned there before too. Oh, we did do this really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, December nine, December uh, 2019. Wow. And there's somebody else we lost too. Who was it? Uh, so it was Willie Scotty, Mark Pavlich. Mark Pavlich. That's who I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucky well, Rogers. Have you talked to Bucky and uh, yeah, Audrey? How's he? Doing? Yeah, we good. We had him on the show. Doing really well. Yeah, oh, he's cool. got some. He's got some new project. What is it? Uh, some skate that measure this. The steps they take or strides. Uh, Mike Rogers. Yeah, yeah. He has that um, uh, can ice. Uh, no, no. I'm sorry. That's not can ice. That's Danny Gare. He has. Um, uh, he's got. I forgot the name. Scorch. Yeah, yeah. something. It's it, yeah. it. It does all the analytics on your yeah. skate, which yeah. is pretty. Oh, oh okay. So um, they take a video of your skating stride and they, no, they just the, there's a sensor on the actual piece they put on the skate. <laughs> yeah, and that's how they they analyze it. Yeah, pretty cool idea. Pretty cool. So, how many years did you have the Rangers in? I got traded out of the Rangers in 86. That was to the Kings right away? To the Kings for Big Mac. Oh, that's right, Big Mac. Yeah. Big Yeah, I went from, uh, you know, we were a pretty solid team. I mean, we were getting better. And, yeah. And, and uh, But Ted Sater was the coach. Oh, God. Huh. Tricky individual. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it, tricky individual, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I went to L.A., and the next thing I know, I'm in a condo on Redondo Beach, living with Craig Redman, driving uh, Max Vet, oh. and living the life. Oh, I know. So what would you think when Marcel Dion got traded, you knew who was coming to the uh, to your team now? 
that oh god hey, i gotta deal with him again <laughs> yeah, that's right you gave there larry playfair was there i had some pretty good individuals there to run with but was, we, and yeah, we had some fun bobby born was good yeah. bobby born yeah absolutely yeah. I you remember he got stepped on. Remember his wrist got yeah. stepped on that. That's right. That's right. Or one of those uh, early days. Yeah. Remember Bobby and I were rooming together. We were full of practical jokes, you know, like uh, getting in the guys' rooms, you know, putting their clothes in the showers and all that kind of stuff. One time we got out, Bobby and I had a few too many cocktails. So we come back and we're staying in Edmonton. It's one of those hotels where um, it's like a big courtyard in the middle and all the rooms are around the courtyard. So we come back like two or three in the morning and you guys had taken all the furniture out of our room. And put it out in the courtyard, and you did it perfect too. You set it up just that's like it was. So we come, we come home, we're hammered. So we're thinking, oh, we can't put stuff back in. So we wanted to go to sleep in the uh, in the courtyard, but they wouldn't let us. The, the security guards came back. I think they put it all in the room. Should have climbed on the roof like the other place. Oh, God. Well, Bobby Bourne and I, oh, we should not have roomed together, man, because we were <laughs> two veteran guys. Oh man, you, do you remember when Phil Sykes and uh, Jimmy Fox uh, in L.A. we we had camp in Victoria? Yeah. And I can't remember the name of the two rookies, but they thought they'd get these two rookies. And they went from the outside balcony, jumped into their balcony on the outside. They saw their window was open, so they're, they're sliding doors. And they and they were naked with masks on. And they jumped in, and they standing on the kids' beds. And then they yelled, right? And all, of these two old ladies, all of a sudden, these two old ladies turned their heads and go, wow. <laughs> and they run out of there. And Pat Quinn had to pay for those ladies' rooms. They were playing a trick on the two uh, rookies. It ended up that they got sent down in the afternoon, and they put ladies in their own. Oh, rooms. that's a good story. Oh, that, yeah. that must got in a lot, and the whole team got in shit for that one. But they was funny as hell. Oh, that's a good one. I, you know what? If Pat Quinn was there. I wasn't there when Pat was in, so it must be the year before. Yeah. Oh man, that's good. That's a good story. I can't Fox. see Jimmy Fox doing that. Jimmy Fox is like, he wasn't that kind of a wild guy. Uh, it was poor. It was he was uh, lured in by uh, cycles. Cycle. Always Sykes and Bernie. Bernie. We had Bernie on. Oh, God. He was a funny man, too. Oh, and a guy who didn't drink even. He was still funny. He never drank? No, I wasn't a drinker at all. We had Bernie. Yeah. Well, first couple of weeks, he took me over to Hollywood track, and we, uh, and I was hanging at the track with him all the time. And I got to know all these jockeys, and he'd walk by these guys, and all of a sudden, the jockey would look at Bernie and go, he'd give him a number, you know? Oh, oh race to oh, bet on. Oh, I see. Wow. No, a little weight and a nudge, and away they went. That was fun. Didn't always, didn't always work, but they, those guys used to bet a lot of money. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, Bernie lived that life, the big fur coat he had and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's right. He had that white fur coat. Yeah, exactly. coat. He's got a hockey card wearing that coat, or there's in a suit. Yeah. So, so how many years did you have in L.A. then? Uh, it was uh, almost, say almost three full years. Right, right. So you were gone before Gretzky got traded, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a year and a bit before that, I went to Washington. Who who did you trade for? Washington. Craig Laughlin. Oh, Laughlin. Locker. Locker. Yeah. yeah. He never really. He missed Rod Langway. He was always talking about Rod Langway. Oh, little chirp right there. You're chirping him. Yeah, Rod Langway. Shot oh, yeah. fired. He was. Well, he's one of those guys that I don't think he really wanted to be in L.A. He wanted to be back in Washington with Rod Langway. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. He got back there pretty quick afterwards. Yeah. He's made a good life for himself. Yeah, done very, very well. Yeah, Grant, when you when you got traded, did you look at who the other player was? Like as soon as it happened, you're like, who did they get for me, or who am I going for? And then your did your pride kick in no. at that point. When I when I got traded out of New York, uh, I think George and I were out the night before, and uh, 
we had beat Philly one nothing or two to one or it was a great game or whatever. And then the next day I showed up, I was just leaving for practice. I got the call. Oh, like, oh no. Where am I going? And I had to get to LA like that day. I, and I I was out. I was gone. Like packed bags and I was gone. Especially when it's the first trade too. It's a bigger thing. I guess I only got traded once, but yeah. Oh, it was, dev- it was devastating for me. It probably set me back about a year or so. Really? Why? Did it was really, really hard. That that one was. Uh, it was almost traumatic, you know. Right. Because uh, you think you you building and and yeah. and uh, trying to get uh, in New York. I really thought I was set there for a while to learn. Right. Hey, I, I that's part of the business that I didn't know anything about that uh, came into play. And did you not get along with Teddy Singer? Oh, I, I didn't even. I didn't even really know him. I'm, all I know is that one night I walked down the middle of the slot in overtime and I kind of dinged one off the crossbar. He hit his shoulder and then you know, I missed the net basically. And he made me shoot a hundred pucks the next day at the open net in front of everybody. And if I missed the net, I had to start all over again. And it was kind of embarrassing. Yeah. He would do some stupid stuff. We've talked about it on the show here before. Right? I, I'm no fan. And I started off that being one of his guys at first too, but it turned out that uh, I wasn't, but. Yeah, he, uh, I don't know if you're there or not, there was a time when we played bad and we were supposed to have a day off, but instead he brought us to the rink, lied to everybody on the red line, and he, myself, Greshner, and Bob Brook were all captains. We were there for that. And then he skated to the three of us. And the idea was that everybody else was going to feel bad because- He, he bag skated you guys? Yeah, just the three of us. Everybody else skated. Like the leaders, the captains. Right. And uh, so he'd, like, he'd say things like, oh, you guys didn't hit hard enough last night, down and back. You guys didn't shoot puck up, down and back. And so we go on from us- and the guys, guys are giggling. Them. Right. They're like, look at these idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we had Raymo Hellman, I think, man, really nice Finnish kid. And his English wasn't that good. And he comes to me, Tommy, why only you three skate? <laughs> so, like, the whole point of the exercise was just, like, God. Right over his head. Yeah. But Teddy, yeah, Teddy was an idiot. He, he thought he had all these master science moves yeah. playing him. That, that particular morning is very uh, fresh in my mind still. Oh, really? I, I was on my stick like this, and I would I I would not look any of you three guys in the eye because mm. you know, something's going to happen. Oh, I got, yeah, I got to the point where it was just stupid. Like we're all like, what? So he bag skates you guys in front of everybody. What happens when you get to the locker room? What are the guys saying? Yeah, you're dying laughing. It's yeah, funny. Yeah, it's like, like it's, well, gotta, oh yeah, some of the older guys are laughing. The young guys are were shit scared. We're we weren't allowed to say anything anyway. Oh really? Oh, see, I didn't allow to say much. Yeah. I didn't take, I didn't understand that. I thought it was um, that everybody understood that it was stupid. So we're all laughing at, laughing at Teddy Sater. Like, I wasn't mad at the guys because I thought that. No, they're laughing at you. Say, look at Laidlaw oh, yeah. and go up and down I, Bob I'm Brook. Sure, I'm sure it would have been. If I, if I was on the goal line and somebody else was skating, I would have been laughing at Sure. Like, this is it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny when you play that, like some of the stuff that coaches do, right? Yeah. Like, oh, well, it's, it's interesting because uh, I went from Washington, then I went to Buffalo and. I get treated to Buffalo, and guess who the head coach is? Ted C. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Hi, Ted. How are you? Hi, Grant. Hey, listen, I didn't have anything to do with you getting traded out of New York. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Well, my other leg, it plays jingle bells. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and and were you there when Clark Glaze was there? Yes, Clarky was there. Yes. So Clarky was on a show, and he told a story about uh, uh, Ted Sater at Buffalo, where something went on. We didn't play him the whole game. They put, put him on late in the game, and uh, basically Clark went in the locker room and threw him against the wall or something. Is that were you there? I missed that part, oh. but I did hear the story. He did get him up against the wall, yeah. Imagine getting Clark Gillies thrown against the wall. Like, I, I guess it was, it was at the end of Clarky's career. And there was the guy, uh, there was a tough guy on Boston's team. It was always aching on Clark wanting to fight. And Teddy didn't play Clark the whole game. And then, like, 30 seconds ago, he throws him on the ice against this guy. 
Now Clark is a veteran player. He's won four right. cups. He's got to fight this kid. And I guess Teddy Sater came by to the locker room, kind of pat him on the shoulder, like, good job. And Clark, he just snapped. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So he, he just seemed like Keenan, like just a dick. Yeah, I'd point the stuff to it. He was actually, I thought, the X's and O's of the game. Our practices were fantastic. He had a lot of good things. So you, so, okay, let's say you go to Washington. Then how many years do you have Washington? Oh, uh, uh, that's where Lisa and I met. And oh. uh, so I was there basically 70-something games, right, Lisa? Yeah, something like that. 70-something 70, 70 games. Right. And then to, then to Buffalo. Is that where it is? Five years oh. in Buffalo. Oh, nice. And then five years in Dallas. So Jacob was born in Buffalo, and then the two younger ones were born in Dallas. Dallas is a fun town to play in, right? Very much so, yeah. We enjoyed yeah. that very much. Yeah, good. Uh, and then who else do you have after that? Is that it? <laughs> I would have night. You would think so, right? See, I didn't uh, know that. Dallas, we, signed, we signed again with uh, Vancouver with, with Pat Quinn. Oh, okay. So that was my, uh, Lisa and I's idea was to um, retire there with Pat, and uh, my brother was there, and another brother was not far away. And uh, so Pat wouldn't get rid of Tom Rennie because we had a tough start. So they fired Pat instead of Tom Rennie. And then Tom stuck in the middle, and they had uh, GM by committee, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's Mike Keenan. So. Oh, Jesus. Really? I forgot about that. Oh. First day, first day, I get a what? call from John Tortorella, my buddy John, and he goes, hey, Grant, I heard you got Keenan. Listen, I don't think you're going to be one of his players. Well, just don't take it personal. Just make, try and do their best. And I go, okay, no, no, I'll just, I'll be fine. I'll work hard. First game, I played with Matthias Olin. We were the only two plus players at the time. I think we were averaging 25 minutes a game or whatever. And nope, I'm, I'm, he's not my partner anymore. I went from 25 down to 13, down to 10, down to six, down oh. to two. And then I was out. So, wow. and that was, that was Grant. That was Messier's first year in Vancouver too, right? Yes. Yeah. Was that a total shit show? Cause I know there's a lot of people now talk about that. Like a lot of things went on that, you know, fans who love Messier don't really, they kind of gloss over. Yeah, I well, listen. I mean, I'm not going to speak uh, negatively or disrespectfully of Mark because he, he would never deserve that. But at the same time, I don't think that was a great fit for him, you know. And uh, but listen, uh, it's hockey, and you go sometimes where you think it's going to be the best fit. And but um, you know, he and Keenan won the cup together, so I thought they could uh, get the magic. But you know, it is what it is. So did you ever sit down with Keenan and have a conversation? What's going on? And I go from 25 minutes to six minutes. I did try to, I did try that. Right. right. And the first things out of his mouth, he, he would look me right in the eye and said, well, just don't worry about it. Your, your paycheck does not match your ice time. And I go, I looked around, I figured, is there a camera in here? Is this a, some kind of, he playing a prank on me? I just play. I don't give a shit what, you know, I didn't give a shit. And next thing you know, I'm out of the lineup. And, and uh, they asked me, they had me on the show in between periods, our announcers, and they said, hey, Grant, how come you're not playing tonight? I go, um, uh, I'm not sure. I, I, You know, it's just a coach's choice. So, you know, we'll just go from there and I'll get ready to play the next game. He calls me and it says I bashed him on the radio. Oh, boy. I asked Lisa, did I say anything wrong? She goes, no, oh, you didn't say anything wrong. It was a good interview. Everything went well. And he moved my stall in the locker room. Oh, he used to do this to all the older guys. Babbage's stall got moved. 
Lume would be over there. We played Wale one night, and uh, Yerky Lume had a rough first period, and uh, or start to his first period. So Keenan wouldn't take him off. He he played forty four minutes that. <laughs> oh, he did that to Kovalev in New York too. Yeah, he, he no, lay out. No, you go ahead and stay out there, Yerky. Then we were just on the bench going over. Oh, what are you here? What is your? Okay, so you so you're in Vancouver. Where'd you go next? Then Boston. That's right. <clears throat> Donnie Sweeney broke his shoulder. I was put on waivers by Keenan at the at right at that time. Right. Yeah, he called me in on Friday at about at practice, or, and he goes, "I'm putting you on waivers tonight, right after five o'clock, and uh, nobody's going to pick you up. So I'll send you down on Monday. Uh, you know, because it's a holiday weekend, nobody's going to pick you up. So you'll be down in the Myers, and I, so I picked my bag up and. Burry's down there. He's uh, he and I kind of had a nice relationship. So we were talking, and he got all bent out of shape. On it. He was going to go upstairs and yell. I said, eh, for, let, "Leave it." Well, I called Pat Quinn, and Pat Quinn said, "Just give me a second. And he'd already been fired. Right? He didn't have to do this. And because right. I and uh, so I called him, and he called Boston. He called around and says, "Don Sweeney just broke his shoulder. You're going to Boston." How long were you in Boston then? Uh, two years, babe. Two years. You got yeah, we loved it there too. Just fantastic yeah. place. Yeah, good. So, was that it then? You would think, right? Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. Back in the, it was ninety, right around ninety eight. Yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine. I hurt my knee at the end of the year, kind of like just a week, you know. And I spent all summer fixing it, so I didn't sign anywhere. And then um, I trained in Boston, and I signed with Ottawa. Yeah, so I was in Ottawa a year and a bit, or that year. And we had a, it was the kids stayed in Boston with Lisa and they came up back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, and then I signed with Tampa. And then we moved to Buffalo, got situated there. And then I signed with, uh, with the Tampa. You're out. I didn't realize you moved around that much. Well, you know what? It's great to see you again. I also got your, uh, I watched an old video where we're playing against Philadelphia. You played, you, you were a really good hockey player too. And a uh, pleasure to play with. I love the fun with you. Stinkiest parts in the National Hockey League yeah. history, but that think bomb. But I, yeah, I, I don't have that anymore. I got a, uh, I, I had the little thing inside that makes stinky farts. I got that removed. Oh, you got removed? <laughs> oh, it was a big thing in there making stinky farts, man. That was <laughs> like, you stop it. I don't want people to know me like that. No, nah, solid defenseman, thousand games. Yeah. Stinky that's, that's, that's a good career, brother. Really good. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Good, good career. Yeah, I was Art. rostered. Uh, I think what the final number was uh, rostered for 1,347 games. So, oh. you know, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, yeah, when you're a kid, the undrafted player, somebody tells you you're going to play 1,300 games or be in the roster for 1,300 games. Yeah. Pretty good. Great to see you again. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Seriously, yeah. yeah I, sorry we didn't, uh, we figured out the computer and all nope. that. No, it's all good. Great. No problem. No problem at all. Great to see you. Right, but we'll do it again sometime too, okay? I love it. I'd Bye, love Lisa. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Grant. See you, gang. Here, you want to see my dog? Yep. There oh, killer. Killer. Hey, Carissa. Look at that guy. Hey, buddy. All right. That's a muscle. See you, buddy. See you, brother. Good to see you. Yeah. This is really comfortable sitting down low like this. Yeah, Tom, as we keep talking, Tom keeps sinking and sinking. My chair, my chair is about 35 years old. You're just like a floating head right now. Right. It's like Marlon Brando. What was that, the Apocalypse Now? Oh, man. Look at this. It's hilarious. Too bad this wasn't more like...
No, that's true. But we can talk about the visual. Speaking of Grant Ledger's dog was jacked. Did you see the muscles on yeah, that? Yeah, chef. What the hell? Yeah. It's because he lost like, what, 27 pounds right during COVID? Yeah, he said he got hit bad during COVID, and now he, uh, now he's in, in good shape. He's in fighting shape again. Yeah. But nice guy like you. Yes. Surprisingly. You know, it's amazing how many people like me. I, I don't know why. Oh, but you know what? Well, not all of them like you. There's a couple that don't. We'll, we'll leave them off the air, but uh, most people do. Yeah, I know. It's like, why would they? That was such a pain in the ass. Though. Pain in the ass, prankster, bully, oh. hype oh. bully. God. Even Jay, I, we told the story about uh, Jay Miller. No, not Jay Miller, uh, Jay Wells. Uh, with uh, Luke, we were around the bus there and oh, everybody's right. hung over. Oh, wrong show, but that's okay. But uh, Was that? Yeah, oh, that's, that's right. A, oh, yeah. We're, that's right. We're doing, uh, hi, Larry Miller. <laughs> Larry Miller, Grant Ledyard. Like, <laughs> there you go. Both were number 30. Oh, I get Larry Miller. This thing, as your chair sinks, so is ours. This yeah. Show, we're falling off the rails here. But what a great show with Grant Ledger. Yes. Good to have on. Number 30 for the Rangers. Yeah. Played two yeah. years with you. And how many teams did he play? Two, was it like eight or nine? He, 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 the last five, six years, he's playing on a bunch of teams. Yeah. Got his thousand games, though. And I'm surprised by that because he's a really good player. Like, I was thought about that. Who's it? Like, Brent Ashton was like the suitcase guy. Yeah. Brent Ashton, like 10 t- different teams. Grant Ledger played a lot of teams, too. But I mean, but my guess, my point is, so I thought he was a really good player. Like, why didn't more teams want him? Every teams did want him. Yeah, that's what really around. Yeah, interesting telling the story about Mike Keenan. Uh, so he had Mike Keenan, Ed Ted Sater as coaches. Oh God. Yeah, and it just seemed like they're just dicks for the sake of being yeah. dicks. Isn't like, it true? Like for every guy you get on here that's played with those guys, it's they're all no, the same thing. Even yeah, I saw at Hospital, like I mentioned earlier, and he uh, he said Keenan was just a dick. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you say you always say Tate Sater was a dick, but he really got a lot out of me. Like he made me a better player. Players don't say that. Babcock, another one. Yeah. Just a total day. I feel bad for John David, Davidson, our former teammate and, and still friend. He's the president there in Columbus and obviously was responsible for hiring Mike Babcock. Interesting with his press conference, he came out and said, too, listen, we got it wrong. That's good. Yeah. That's great. Didn't try to make excuses. The same me. guy who was walking through the locker room naked with a cowboy hat on. I didn't know that. I, I, that was good. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So was it Grant? was telling us that. Yeah. Right? Grant said that he would walk through. Yeah. Walk so through JD it. was walking through the locker room with a, a, a club on. Didn't he have a golf club? He had a golf club and he had, you know, his, his, he was in his glory. And he had hat on with the golf ball on top of that. There you go. Oh, what a bunch of idiots we were. Yep. Absolutely. So that's probably the same time. Where was the competition? I was walking around naked with this tube sock on my penis. Yeah. You're getting ready for Survivor. Prepping. That's right. That's right. That's you, prepping. You were prepping your head well ahead of schedule. Listen, these are your NHL heroes. That's what they were doing back in the day. Yeah. These are the guys you looked up to and bought their jerseys and got their autographs. This is what they were doing behind the scenes. We were preparing. Yeah. We right. go, go down. I'm gonna, as my chair goes down more, I'm going to lower my voice more. Uh, you, 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 know, you talk about Barry White. It, it'd be like, yeah, it'd be like sound effects. Like, not, like, not really. Down, right? It's amazing the things I can do. The dancing, the singing, sound effects. Really leaning into that self-love again. Here we go. And if you love this show, please share it around. Tell tell a friend about it. Share, like it. Uh, God. Follow all of our Bless social medias. America. Download and leave us a review on Apple. Thank, he doesn't even know the words. Thanks for listening. I apologize for the singing. All right, grasshoppers, thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.